Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Tech Connects podcast, The Business of Your Business. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Ellis, a membership director here at TechNX. And I am your other host, Kelly Phillips. I am the um, membership development manager here at TechNX. And today on our member spotlight podcast, we have an amazing guest, uh, somebody that has been uh, very strategic, very important to the life, the success of TechNX and the YTA for a long time. I'm not going to provide the length of time this gentleman can do it himself. Uh, we're very, very honored to have John Kitchen today of Vesri Canada join us in uh, a fun and, um, I don't know, delightful conversation about uh, John's uh, journey, uh, what the future holds, and uh, we're looking forward to the conversation. Welcome, John. Well, thank you, Ryan, and thank you, Kelly. It's it's great to be here, and thank you for that uh, introduction. Wow, uh, you're setting high expectations. So hopefully, I'll I'll meet some of your lofty goals. Nothing but the best. <laughs> Nothing but the best for you, John. We're going to jump right into uh, question number one. You know, who is John Kitchen? You know, tell us about yourself. Um, you know, how did you be? How did you get to this point? And uh, you know, maybe a little bit of fun factoids about your uh, work history. Sure. Uh, so maybe from a personal standpoint, I'm uh, uh, I'm a father of three, a husband, and uh, also uh, have three grandchildren now. So I've been uh, working with tech companies for a long time. I've been a manager for over 40 years and uh, certainly over the last 33 years, I've had the the privilege of working with some incredibly entrepreneurial people in the tech space. And so more recently, I've the last 23 years, I've spent as uh, Vice President General Manager of Esri Canada. And it's been a, a great honor to, to work in the, uh, in the geographic information system or GIS space and uh, see it grow and, and see it adapted by so many organizations, uh, both here in Canada and globally. And it, certainly from a career perspective, it's, it's really been interesting to, to see the digital transformation happening and all the impacts it's having on everybody's day-to-day lives, as well as how organizations uh, manage information and, and hopefully do things a lot more effectively and efficiently. Excellent. Um, can you expand a little bit upon that and tell us a little bit more about Esri Canada? So exactly what they do, how they might affect different businesses, where we might actually, um, our own personal lives, maybe be affected by what Esri does. Sure. So uh, Esri Canada uh, was started in uh, 1984 by Alec and Mary Charlotte Miller, and they still are uh, the uh, principals of the uh, organization. And we specialize in geographic information systems or GIS. And so we take a geographic approach to the problems of the world. And we're actually dealing with a lot of different uh, issues that are very common to everybody's lives. And I'll, I'll go through that in a bit more detail. Uh, what GIS does is we, in that geographic approach, we take data we take it from all different sorts of areas. So we could take imagery data or we could take uh, real time like cars or uh, any sort of movement or sensors like uh, uh, flood monitoring, et cetera. We take that and we can map that and put those into digital maps. 
Uh, we then can analyze that data, we can model that data, and we can help decision makers make decisions based on those models and that analysis. We can put it into action and then we can monitor that. So let me give you some examples. So the federal election, what's, what's our, the big topics on the federal election? So I'm going to pick two of them. One, one is climate change right, oh, yeah. and the environment, uh, top of mind. So, so what do we do about it? Well, I guess the first thing is, is we can monitor this. So I'll give you a more concrete example, uh, Arctic sea ice. We know that Arctic sea ice is, is shrinking uh, each year. So we can take data over the last 50, 80 years, and we can model that. What does it look like each summer, each winter? We can take that imagery and we can stitch that all together. We can then model what does the future of sea ice look like if the world continues to warm at its current rate? So what's going to happen? Well, in our lifetime, certainly your lifetimes, we're probably going to have an open passage through the Northwest Passage. So suddenly ships, instead of going through the Panama Canal, are going to potentially go through the Northwest Passage. And so huge implications. Uh, it, the Arctic's very fragile. Uh, biodiversity is going down in the Arctic. Uh, we hear about polar bears and the impact they're having. We're hearing about the lack of biodiversity and how the tree lines moving north. We're hearing about all those things. And if there is an accident there, how do we how do we mitigate that? Because uh, uh, things like oil or other things that get spilled will not deteriorate the same rate it would elsewhere in the world? How do we provide security, safety, defense, et cetera? So that's just one example of, of, uh, of it. Another one is, and we're seeing it, uh, Kelly, you and I were talking about <laughs> Ida and the impact it's having on your, uh, your children in school. Uh, climate change is, is real and it's having a huge impact. And so what's happening is the earth is warming, but at the same time, we're getting these events that happen once every hundred years. They're now happening more once every 10 years. And so you need to look at that and again, model that. And an example actually is, is actually Hurricane Ida. Uh, after Katrina, uh, the city of New Orleans and others, it was a category three uh, Ida was a category four and they put mitigation in place thinking, you know, this is going to be a more common occurrence uh, because the uh, oceans are warmer. We're going to get more hurricanes. We know that. And the severity is going to go up. So how do we mitigate against that? And how do we model that? And how do we learn from uh, past catastrophes? And so we're doing that uh, here in Canada. We're learning about these different things. And uh, we're learning about how to handle wildfires better, because certainly you see that in British Columbia this summer, all the fire outbreaks. Uh, we've seen that in Fort McMurray with that catastrophe in, in, in uh uh, with with there. And so we're seeing that elsewhere. So we've got to, we know we've got to mitigate against uh, climate change. So we've got to um, reduce our CO2. We've got to look at energy and other energy sources. Uh, but at the same time, we also have to model how it's going to impact us in the short term. So on energy, for instance, uh, we have to decide where, where, where do we put those solar farms or where do we put the wind farms, or where do we put that 
that micro kind of uh, generator for natural gas? And, and what are the impacts of all of that? So huge implications and everything is connected through geography. Uh, and so it's, it's for me, from a career perspective, I've learned so much about so many industries uh, because of the impact that we're able to help them make better decisions and be more efficient and create a more sustainable future. Because right now, uh, we're not sustainable as a, as a human species, quite frankly. Well, everybody, that's the end of the, today's show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your insight, John. All righty. Um, getting back on topic here. Um, for the listeners, uh, John was a, a straight-A student, perfect attendance record at St. Andrews College. John was also a, a straight-A. You must have hacked. You must have hacked my uh, my records there. Yeah, Thank so you. John has a honors straight-A student at Queen's uh, University for Science. It is uh, an MBA in uh, the Business Administration. Um, with your solid, you know school record working profession like what led you to esri canada how did how did how did this career path start well i wanted to really uh combine i took an mba because i was very interested in science and um and then i the more i kind of learned about it i thought well how do you apply that and how you apply it is through management so I really wanted to take the combinations of the two and combine those. So that's really what I've done in my career is tried to combine the science uh, of tech in using technology with management. So, so one is, is putting into action. Management is putting something into action. Uh, and the science is taking that and leveraging uh, those those new both discoveries and new technology. So that's really what I was trying to do, Ryan, in that regard. And I was fortunate uh, to to do that early in my career. I got into the training uh, area when when the idea of computer based training was just coming along instead of classroom training. Uh, I then got into the information business, and when it was making its transition from paper to digital. Uh, and then more recently, uh, for the past 23 years, as I said earlier, I got involved in the geographic uh, information systems. And certainly it's been uh, propelled by the huge uh, increase in computing technology uh, has propelled it. Uh, it's also been propelled by uh, the changes in uh, our ability to collect data. Um, so a huge, you know, we all talk about big data. And so there, uh, a whole combination of that uh, has led to, uh, to, the, to a really exciting career and a very fulfilling career too. Awesome, thank you, John. Um, John, with, kind of with that, and you've taken this path through to Esri, what makes Esri Canada different from other organizations that might actually yeah. be doing GIS? Sure. So I'll start at Esri from a global perspective. Uh, one of our differentiators is uh, we focus exclusively on GIS and 30% of revenue is reinvested into research and development. And so that is, is far higher. Usually tech companies, uh, it's about maybe 12, 15% maybe. 
so we're we're about double the the average for technology companies. Um, and so it's really important uh, with all of the technological advancements that you're investing in your technology. I think the second thing is is uh, everybody says we people, you know, they'll say, gee, we're customer centric or we're customer focused. I think we really, uh, really walk the walk and talk the talk. Uh, we spend a lot of time with our customers and really we want to be that uh, trusted advisor to the customer. So the same customers that we first had in 1984 are still customers of Esri Canada's today. Uh, and so uh, we really spend a lot of time with uh, 16, uh, before COVID, we had 16 user conferences across Canada. Uh, we spend a lot of time in events uh, and we really, uh, really try and get to understand our customer's business and what's the job to be done and how, how can we help them do their job better uh, using uh, GIS. I think the third area is on our people, our staff. We want our staff to have long, long careers. And so uh, we, we spend a lot of time on training, uh, both, uh, on both events that we, we hold internally. Uh, we invest a lot in external training. Uh, and we've just recently put in a program called the Employee Development Program where every uh, person in our firm will uh, have a, tell us what is their uh, desired career path mm -hmm. and how do we put together the right uh, exposure to different projects or technology or training, et cetera. How do we help them along that desired career path? Uh, so we really want, again, for them to have a fulfilling career, to have a long-term career with us. Uh, and so we really try and do that and have that collegial approach um, between each other. And ultimately, that's going to help us serve our customers better. 2021 has been a long one so far um, <laughs> for everybody. And uh, obviously, optimism for 2022. Uh, John, what are some personal and professional goals that uh, you're looking to achieve uh, within the next year? Well, uh, certainly it's as everybody has, COVID continues to, uh, to be a challenge of, of trying to get back to our, our, our kind of uh, normal kind of processes with people in offices or events or be able to see customers or uh, partners, et cetera. So uh, one of our focus has been to continue to uh, work really hard to serve our customers and support our staff uh, during this pandemic. I mean, here we are into a fourth wave as they, and, and we're very nervous about that. So we're spending a lot of time and effort first and foremost with our staff to make sure that we provide them uh, with all the support they need. Uh, we do a lot of formal communication to them. Uh, we have a, a monthly uh, one-hour call every month where we update them on company results, on, on um, back, you know, back to the office continues to come up. And, and you know, we just want to support them, support their families, support the community to make sure everybody is safe uh, during COVID. Uh, we're also trying to do that same with our customers to make sure that 
we're providing them the support they need um, and how they need it. And we've had to we've had to pivot. And I know that's an overused word by <laughs> everyone, right? Uh, but we've had to pivot all our events. And so we were used to doing about 42 uh, events that uh, were face-to-face. And now we've had to, to move towards virtual, um, which has really been an, an interesting outcome. I mean, one, one interesting outcome is people don't have to travel. So uh, just like Tech Connects, how you're really getting great attendance because people don't have to go to a physical building or for, for events, uh, we're finding the same thing. We're finding that uh, the number of people attending, be it a webcast or a user conference or a leaders forum has gone way up. And, and so that's been re- really an interesting uh, phenomenon. And so one of the things we're challenged with is as we move forward into 2022 and beyond, what does, what does that structure look like? I know other companies are also struggling like that. Are, are, are you going to go back the way it was with all live events or are you going to do all virtual? And I think in our case, it's probably going to be a hybrid approach of taking uh, some face-to-face and, and, and some virtual. And certainly the, the communication uh, ability, I mean, here we are on Zoom, but we've been using Teams extensively, for instance. Uh, we found the ability to collaborate has really improved for us as an organization, but also uh, with customers, et cetera. So we're really working really hard uh, to, to, uh, to grow the company within this environment. We're having a very successful year doing that um, and just continue to think about how we advance uh, our technology in other verticals. So we have had a, a few come up more recently. Uh, One is on public health. And so we've started a public health practice. And one of the things that COVID has revealed is we really need better integration across the public health network. Uh, We need better access to data. We need to be able to exchange data better. Uh, So we've been very heavily involved in COVID uh, from from a communication standpoint from the get-go. So We've been assisting customers globally. So the, uh, for instance, the Johns Hopkins site that is still up and going that was a lot of people have looked at has had over 2 trillion uh, maps and dashboards put up. So huge, huge uh, site. And, and, and that was really important because it became a go-to site of, of how do we see what is happening with the pandemic globally. Uh, we've done the same here at Esri Canada. So we have a site up that we update on a daily basis. Uh, And some news organizations are also using that data. But it's been a struggle getting data because it's also uh, disjointed across uh, the country or within uh, provinces, et cetera. So it's been a real challenge. And so uh, one of the things we're doing is, is saying, gee, we think we could really help with the gathering of data, with, with the collaboration and with the exchange of data uh, for public health. And, and our, our system is all secure, so we can have privacy concerns all delayed, et cetera. Uh, so that's one. Uh, the other one that's come up is next generation, what they call next generation 911. So people are all, when I call 911, a lot of them are on these, uh, these phones and uh, mobile phones. And our system was built for landlines. 
And so uh, it's, a, it's a big challenge. So the CRTC has mandated uh, by 2025 that uh, everyone can use a, uh, a mobile phone. In fact, you'll be able to text 911 uh, and they'll be able to uh, locate you uh, via your phone. Uh, and so this is going to be a massive improvement, but it means we need really, really good data on how do we get to where that, that person is. So you really need up-to-date uh, road networks. You really need addresses, et cetera. So huge improvement uh, that we have to do there. So those are just a couple of examples of things we're working on that are new. And yourself, what are some personal goals for you? <laughs> personal goals. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, uh, Certainly uh, for me, I, th I think it's continuing to help Esri Canada grow. And I think that's one of the, the great parts of my job have, has been so rewarding to see, uh, see people join the organization, contribute and, and grow as individuals and, and grow as managers and, and help support our customers. And it's, it's really rewarding uh, we on, on, on a monthly basis talk to all of our staff about uh, our technology and how it's being used to help organizations run better. And so that's really rewarding to kind of see those outcomes, um, to see how uh, we're, we're, we're dealing with a pandemic better than we were, to see how we're dealing with uh, climate change, to see how we're making um, social economic decisions better for people that are less, uh, that are more disadvantaged, for instance. I mean, that, those things like that kind of really make you, you feel good uh, and, and you have um, things just be better than they are, uh, really makes you feel good as a leader. Uh, I think good as an individual as well. Awesome, thank you. John, you've kind of answered my question here a little bit, but I have a feeling you'll, you will have some other ideas here, but this is a little bit of a two-parter. Is there a project that you're currently working on that you're really excited about, or is there something um, that you've accomplished this year that you are most proud of? Wow. Um, maybe I'll start the, the, this year. I think, I think the thing that, uh, I'm proud of that we did as an organization was to, to roll out this um, the employee development uh, program uh, because uh, it, really, um, it really helps getting a much better discussion and collaboration going uh, between what an employee's um, goals are, what they want to do, um, and how we can get them aligned with with the company's goals and objectives. And so uh, what we've done is we've we rolled out uh, for the beginning, for last year, for this year, we rolled out all the company's goals and objectives and we had all the departments put theirs together and we have all of our staff within those departments align their objectives to the department of objectives, which lines up to the company. And that's that's been really helpful because people feel, wow, you know, I've been really aligned with uh, where the company wants to go, where the department wants to go. I'm part and parcel of that. So that's, that's been rewarding. And then the second part of that subpart was the fact that people could uh, talk about, gee, these are my career aspirations. This is what I want to do. 
Um, and it's really important to ask those questions. Um, and often we get stuck in the day to day where we don't kind of rise, you know, rise the head and say, gee, let's look at the horizon here. Um, and so it's been challenging. I think for a lot of employees, it was challenging to say, wow, what, what, what do I want to do, you know, three, five, 10 years from now? Uh, but it's been great because it helps us with our training programs. It lets us know where people want to work within the organization. And if we create growth within the organization, which is a real focus for me, uh, we create those opportunities. And so, um, so that's really feels rewarding. Uh, we have a promote from within philosophy as well. So we'd much rather train our staff and, and uh, give them the skills and ability to move to different uh, positions within the company uh, than going outside. I mean, we do go outside for subject matter experts, but wherever possible, we want to promote from within. Um, so that really, um, that's, that's kind of feels really uh, rewarding. Uh, I think this, the other area is, um, I think on communications, I think we've done a far better uh, job on communications internally as well to our staff. So we're much more formalized uh, in that regard. Um, this idea of a, you might even call it like a town hall uh, for an hour where we talk again about everything from, from the impacts of the pandemic to, to wins or, and each, each month now we highlight a department. Uh, we also reconcile our goals and objectives. So we take one of our uh, goals and, and objectives and we actually reconcile how are we doing against those, et cetera. So I think that's really been, been really great for getting everybody aligned and, and um, adhere to, um, to us kind of all kind of being aligned. And so uh, that's, again, something that feels really rewarding and, and certainly people appreciate, particularly during COVID with so much uncertainty, I think people really appreciated the openness and honestness of, of us kind of navigating collectively down this path because you know there are lots of unknowns etc and i think they appreciate the, the candor and openness that we're trying to uh, convey it's definitely important nowadays especially when you're seeing a lot more turnover within businesses i know people are um, or different businesses are struggling to keep their people. I think they're great programs to put into place and be able to develop your people within because it's a costly venture as well. Well, it is. And, and, and we, we really uh, don't like turnover. The vast majority of our turnover often happens when people going to, uh, to customers because they've worked there or, and we are trying to be flexible on the work environment and areas like that. Cause we have had certainly in the GTA here, the, a big issue is the housing and the cost of housing, et cetera. <laughs> and how do I avoid a long commute, et cetera. Uh, and so uh, we're really trying to be cognizant of that as much as we can. With all the great programming and, you know, diversity that Esri has, um, and this is the final, you know, focus question on Esri. What does Esri look like in the next three to five years? Well, I, I, we certainly think we're going to continue to grow uh, substantially. Uh, Double-digit growth is what we're anticipating. That'll be organic growth. Uh, we see just a, a revolution happening within organizations uh, with them uh, 
taking and exchanging information uh, out into the field. So mobile apps, we see that certainly um, accelerating. So we're seeing an awful lot of that. Uh, whereas traditionally, you know, there'd be pieces of paper or they'd be writing on, on, on forms, et cetera. That's all happening digitally now. And so you've got uh, uh, people out in the field where you've got it all happening real time. Uh, I can go do and work. Uh, we do a lot in asset management. So I can go take a look. I can go do the inspection on that valve. I can take a picture of it and automatically it goes back and a manager can look at a dashboard. They can assign work. They can see uh, what, what, what are the mitigating factors, et cetera. So this whole idea to collaborate within an organization, I think is certainly uh, one area of huge growth. I think the second one is organizations collaborating across uh, uh, entities, for instance. And so uh, we're seeing that uh, in areas like York Region, uh, where you've got uh, different, um, uh, different municipalities uh, sharing information across uh, the entities. Um, and so, again, we're getting rid of these silos of, of information. We're putting it across uh, different organizations. And so I think certainly the sharing of information and you don't have to kind of take it and send it to Ryan or send it to Kelly. It just automatically goes to them. And so the whole idea of, of integrated information and sharing uh, of information across uh, entities. I think the other thing is collaboration with citizens. So uh, I think what's changing there is when there's a new development um, all of that can be shared within a hub. And so you can say, gee, there's a, there's a new condominium going up. Here's where it's going up. We can show a 3D model. We can show shadowing. We can show the impacts. And you can have citizen feedback. And so suddenly, I think uh, the citizens can get far more involved uh, in day-to-day -day, uh, uh, changes that are impacting them. So I think this whole ability to collaborate across a community uh, and, and, you know, Canada, Joe Clark said, you know, Canada is, a, it's really a collection of, uh, of communities. And I think this whole ability to uh, integrate and talk and um, to each other and make decisions and making, getting citizen impact and input, I think is so much easier. And I think that's really important uh, as we move forward. And I think that's how we're going to, to, uh, to probably get better decisions made. With double-digit growth, and this is kind of an out-there question, I just literally thought, the, thought about this. Your iconic location right now, Thor for the, the QEW, we, when we're going in Toronto, you can't miss the Esri building. Right. Guys, will that headquarters move if you guys... Do we see digital? Well, uh, one thing that is happening, Ryan, is uh, that um, those buildings, ours in the Home Depot office, for instance, have been purchased. And so okay. we have been getting to notice that they're actually going to be taking those and changing those with the hope of them putting it into condos, believe it or not. Huge, wow. uh, large, up to 4,000 units is what they're proposing. So... <laughs> uh, so our long-term time there might well be limited, but it's interesting. It will give us an opportunity 
and we've been very transparent with our staff to say, gee, this will give us an opportunity to kind of look and perhaps it's a new model. Perhaps we've got different kind of satellite offices or, mm -hmm. um, so we've got lots of time, but yeah, we won't be um, actually in that site um, probably, well, we'll be there at least to 2025 and probably beyond by the time approvals get made. Uh, but uh, long, long term, we won't be there. But, you know, it is interesting with that sign. I mean, the, the amount of, um, of traffic you get on the Don Valley Parkway, you get a lot of eyeballs. And, uh, but it was a lot of uh, permits and other things, actually, to get that sign up. Uh, it's interesting how there are uh, distraction factors, et cetera, that uh, they're very cognizant of uh, when, you, when you put, which is a good idea, which is a really yeah. good idea. Yeah. And, uh, Eddie, for anybody listening to this podcast, when we release it, uh, anybody who's going to be purchasing a condo on the eighth floor uh, with a west window view, it will be four to five times more because that's where John's uh, office is. So uh, there you go. I better take some pictures. <laughs> we can take a drone up uh, and we can actually model each floor for them, uh, Ryan. <laughs> Excellent. So, John, we're going to switch paths here a little bit. Um, how long have you been a member of TechNX? Well, a long, a long, long time. <laughs> and Ryan, don't say too long, okay, buddy? But uh, yeah, so so I, I go back uh, to 2003. So I uh, was was uh, got involved and got onto the board and and. Uh, uh, early on, I don't think I was uh, as good a contributor as I otherwise might have been. But then I got into leadership uh, within the board as as vice chair, uh, chair, and then past chair. Uh, left the board for a few years, and then and then was honored to come back on it again, which I am now. And uh, you know, it's it's a great group of individuals. They really care about the community and and how we how we collaborate with each other. And uh, I think certainly I want to say, uh, Ryan and Kelly, what great job you do uh, and how what a great job you've done throughout COVID and having to pivot like everyone else. Uh, it's been really uh, rewarding as a board member uh, to see the tremendous results, uh, to see us uh, continue to prosper and the new members coming on board and uh, the great turnout to all the virtual events. I mean, it's been great. Uh, I've met so many new people over the last uh, year and a half uh, through the virtual events. So it's been it's been a lot of fun, and uh, it's been you know been great and very rewarding. Again, being on the board, just such dedicated board members and such a collaborative and really diverse community as well. Uh, there's organizations like ours that's been a around a long time, but there's these newer companies that with these really bright entrepreneurial leaders. Uh, and it's great to meet them and their ideas. And, uh, you know, I always come away with a nugget of something uh, from any event I attend. I, I really, um, I really find it valuable, the, the feedback from the other members. Kind of. My next question is a kind of a two-part. You've kind of answered it, but I'll, I'll ask it anyway. You know, what value has uh, TechNex brought to you? And being a, mentor, being a member, how has it benefited you? 
Well, it's it's benefited us, both myself individually, but also us as an organization. So from an individual standpoint, uh, the peer groups has certainly been invaluable. Uh, and it, it, it's great because you can share things and you can get ideas on others that are that are common. So so, um, you know, when if the economy is 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 going down, you know, how are people handling that? Or we've had uh, discussions on, for instance, the Canadian dollar. We source a lot of materials uh, and products uh, from the uh, the United States. So exchange. So, you know, everybody, what's your what's your strategy on that side of things? Lots of employee cultures, another big topic that comes up. How do you maintain? How do you grow culture? How do how is culture affected by things? So, so many different discussions, and it's just great to get other impact uh, from others to to see how are they dealing with these different areas. And often there'll be guest speakers too that I, I again just find really really helpful. I think from a company perspective, we've really kind of leveraged people coming. Uh, to the other peer groups. So for instance, uh, women in technology, uh, we've got some really bright, capable uh, people in our organization that um, are looking to expand their roles. They're looking to, uh, to do more in the future. And it's been great to say, hey, join the women in technology and, and Kelly's helped coordinate that. We've had people join uh, for the, um, on the uh, whole security side, IT side. And we've sent people to that on about the dark web and how do you, how do you protect uh, your organization? Because we're all vulnerable to security issues. And so having our, our, our uh, IT people go to that or salespeople going to some of the um, sales-focused events or other areas. I mean, it's just been really valuable. The fact that we've got uh, a lot of employees here in Canada over uh, in, in rather in Toronto uh, with about 225 employees and everyone is eligible to go to uh, your events. So it's been really valuable for us that way. Uh, I've learned a lot, even from, especially the ladies that attend, they're uh, a really bright, bright, vibrant group. They are. Uh, looks like we just lost Ryan there. Yeah, you did. Inter yeah. Internet I, issues. It, it wasn't me. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know if you made him yeah. vanish. I, did, I didn't make him vanish. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to oh, be there. thinking that. He's going to think, yeah. John. <laughs> He's pushed a button. He's made me go. Yeah. <laughs> I made him disappear. <laughs> no problem. Well, that's okay because it's going to be me asking the next question, anyways. But um, so, what peer group do you yourself look forward to attending? And and why? Well, uh, the CEO peer group, I've been going to that for a, a long time. And I, I really look forward to that. I, I've known a lot of the, the people. We have a pretty regular group that attends. And it's been, I really kind of get to know them, get to know their businesses and how they're uh, approaching uh, different areas. So certainly it's, it's again, the the, the, my go-to one, uh, I really try and block my calendar off early for it. And, uh, and I, I've just really found that, that group valuable. And as I said before, I always take one or two nuggets away of, gee, you know, that's a really good way of doing something or that's a really interesting approach. And so, um, so that's certainly been my go-to one. And certainly 
Uh, I've encouraged other uh, people within our organization to go to them. And again, it's been a cross section. I know the HR peer group, we've got attendees. You mentioned women in technology, uh, the sales, the project management, the IT. So uh, again, I've been really encouraging people within our organization to go because it really helps you branch out. Um, and again, there's an awful lot of very intelligent, insightful uh, discussion that goes on in those peer groups. Well, you know, it's interesting from that perspective because we, we kind of have our tagline right now, connect, share, learn, and grow. So it gives you that opportunity to connect with others, um, share best practices, whether you have a nugget to share or you learn or you can mm -hmm. get something else that somebody shares, you learn from others and, and it does help you grow your business or grow your yourself. So mm -hmm. I do appreciate that. I know we get a lot of rave reviews on John Kitchen and, and your wisdom as well. So it's great. And thank you very much for all that you do with that. Uh, just kind of on a personal side, how do you balance work and family life? Well, um, you know, it, it is a challenge. And I think, I think part of it is uh, uh, I have a great understanding with my spouse. And so, <laughs> you know, uh, early on in my career, if I, you know, came home late or, or I couldn't make dinner or, uh, you know, in time or those sorts of things, I would just say to her, listen, um, don't worry about me. You know, if I have to have dinner later or cold dinner or, you know, do, do whatever, uh, uh, don't worry about that aspect. I, I'm willing to, it's a trade-off for me. But at the same time, um, I try to always carve out time for my children um, and I tried to take and, and join um, many of them were really interested in sports. So I tried to, to try and be a leader on some of the sports teams they were on. And you had that interaction with them. Uh, we were also very fortunate to uh, have a family cottage. And so uh, it, it allowed the time uh, when I did have downtime uh, for us to be together and be together with, with my, my, family, but also my extended family, my brothers and their uh, family, etc. So, so that's been really rewarding. And I, I think also just, um, just stay in tuned with with your family and the events they're doing. And actually, now with with, uh, with the pandemic, it's interesting how in our my extended family, I'm on a zoom call, I used to be once a week with my three brothers and sisters every Friday night. Uh, we'd get on a Zoom call together uh, because, as we said, well, there's nothing else we'll be doing. We're not going anywhere. So we would get together and, uh, you know, rehash things and why mom likes somebody more than others and stuff. I mean, things, things would come out, but we'd sort of say, let's not go there. But, you know, that that part's been, uh, been interesting how... Um, you know, it's much easier to stay in communication, um, you know, as a family and, and, and while still, you know, focused on your uh, career and your, the work that has to get done day to day. Yeah, it, it's interesting, too, how you say that with this whole pandemic, I think people really sh shifted how they interact with everybody. And all of a sudden you thought, oh, wow, we do have you know, these online platforms that you can talk yeah. with, you know, your, your brother in New Brunswick, as you say, I have uh, um, girlfriends that live really far away and we are doing like every couple of weeks and my parents are doing card games with friends of theirs that they see. So it's interesting how people have adjusted and adapted to that. 
And we've mm-hmm. done a lot of that actually at, at um, Esri Canada. We've told the managers, it's really important you continue that social side. So it's been really neat. I mean, we've had uh, Euchre tournaments. We've had <laughs> where, where people could come together and you almost go into a lounge and it was really neat. And if you, if you uh, went near the uh, where the music was playing, the closer you kind of moved uh, towards the mu- music, the louder it got. And you'd come in and you could hear conversations. And as you moved a- away, you were no longer in a conversation. You could put yourself in, in a beach chair and around a pool. And so, you know, we've had a lot of fun with that or just, um, you know, uh, personal sort of trivia nights and other things. So we've really tried to uh, have people stay connected. And, and we're also having people meet outside. Um, so we're, you know, we're doing the meetings, not in an office, but we say, okay, let's have an outside kind of meeting. So at least we can get face to face because people are really missing that sort of personal contacts. So we've really tried to, um, to try and accommodate that. So um, anyway, it's, it's challenging. Um, and it's, I, unfortunately, I think certainly based on the trends, it's going to continue that way. It is, but it's good that you have some creative ideas. And I, I think some of those things sound really neat. I know one of the girls had said they had done, um, was one of those escape rooms with right. their team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it, it's kind of, it's interesting doing some of these things. Well, and, and okay. you're collaborating and you're interacting with each other. Yeah. 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 And I think, it, you know what, it just gives you that, that you're not feeling like you're just sitting alone all the mm-hmm. time too. Yeah. So you, you do get to see your team. Um, so Ryan actually said that whole, his whole neighborhood went down. So you're, wow. you have me still here. Okay, um, great. But, <laughs> no I won't say anything. We're, no comment. <laughs> so we're going to do some really um, fun fact questions, rapid, get to know you. So you don't have to think a whole lot. Just give you, give your answer as, as you hear it, or as you know, so coffee or tea. Definitely coffee, coffee. Got to have the coffee. Yeah. Okay. Salty or sweet? Both. And I don't mean you. Both, both, <laughs> both, both. <laughs> anything okay. with food, anything with food, Kelly. <laughs> okay. Uh, do, do you have a favorite movie? A favorite movie? Yeah, I, I think on Golden Pond is because uh, I grew up at a cottage and just the whole subtext of you know the I had a great relationship with my parents but just it was a really interesting thing with uh, the subtext of what went on between the the daughter and the father and actually it was true in real life between Jane Fonda and Henry Fonda so it's a really if you knew the background behind their relationship it was a really kind of thing and it just uh, again it just sort of reminded me of of the times growing up and uh, at a sort of a lake by a lake yeah in the ah, summer that's good it brings up a, a movie to think of again i remember seeing that a long time ago well but... it's uh, Catherine hepburn and, and you know henry F- just amazing um you know actors as well in that so it was a lot of i i really like that yeah oh, excellent how about a favorite book well, favorite book, you know, I, um, early on in my career, I, I, uh, one of the ones that really influenced me was, and it's, I think it's still in print, uh, was I really like autobiographies. And one was Lee Iacocca and Lee Iacocca revolutionized, uh, the car industry. He was the one who came up, uh, in at Ford with the Mustang. And of course, uh, went to Chrysler when it was bankrupt and just personally kind of 
you know, lifted that company to, to where it was. And just a lot of really neat learnings from him on, um, on building an organization and, and difficulties and, and, and how you, you motivate uh, people, motivate customers and, and, you know, during really trying times. So uh, I thought that was really a neat. Jack Welsh is another one with uh, General Electric again, or, uh, you know, just again, this item, but, you know, how they handle things, et cetera, just uh, lots of little insights and nuggets in those books. Excellent. Uh, would you prefer a night in or a night out? And, and now that's a, it's a hard question to answer right now. I know because because I prefer a night out, but my wife prefers a night in. So so we're conflicted. So so I guess if we go out, we're going out early. Yeah. So you can be back. Well, in time. I guess we'll get the early bird, you know, or something. But yeah, so. that's a but good I'm one. Not, but I'm night out. But yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, do you have a guilty pleasure? Guilty pleasure. Yeah, I think uh, I think chocolate is my guilty pleasure. Uh, I've been trying to move to dark chocolate, so it's a healthy guilty pleasure. Uh, but yeah, the cocoa bean has me hooked. You know, so, so. well, that, that's a good way of justifying it. The dark yeah, chocolate. Yeah, it's the healthy. dark. It's it's good. It's heart healthy, Kelly. That's it. That's what I keep telling myself. That's it. We we have actually this great ice cream place around here, and it's uh, called Chocolate Favorite. Okay. So there's only a few yeah. of them, but it's dipped chocolate. And that's it. Oh, wow. We, there you we go. say too, yeah. if you get the dark, dark chocolate, it, there it you becomes go. healthy. It's You're healthy. all good. Yeah. 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 Um, do you have a favorite place that you have visited? Favorite place I have visited? Well, I've, I've actually had to do, uh, I see Ryan is back. Hello, Ryan. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so a, fa a favorite place. Um, not one that really kind of uh, stands out. I mean, one that was really interesting, I found, because I've visited a lot of cities, uh, but the one that's really unique is Rio de Janeiro. Um, I think Rio is just so unique. Uh, the topography is, is just amazing. At times, uh, you're in these parks and you'd never think you're in a city. Um, and I was there when they were just getting ready for the Olympics, and again, just the, the fact they've got these wonderful beaches that, uh, you know, Ipanipa and Copacabana, uh, they've got these large kind of mountains, uh, you know, with, with the famous, uh, you know, on one of them, Christ the Redeemer, uh, just these landmarks that it, everybody um, knows. And it was just really interesting to see, but they have their problems as well. They've got the flavellas and a lot of poverty, uh, we went through some of those. It was really, uh, you know, insightful to kind of see uh, the, the, the diversity of living conditions there. But it's just a really uh, interesting and uh, unique city in that regard. Okay. Dress, shoes, or sneakers? Well, I used to be dress shoes, buddy, but now I don't need them anymore. So, so I got to be a sneakers guy because uh, the dress shoes, they, I think they've got a layer of dust on them. You know, <laughs> they're, they, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to dust them off because uh, I haven't had to put the dress shoes on for quite a while, but I have a nice collection of them. 
Yeah, that, that's actually, I think one of the areas they were saying sales of, you know, high heeled shoes and dress shoes have gone way down, obviously, mm-hmm. and the sneakers and things. And you look some, some places they were all sold out. You couldn't get running shoes and things. Right. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. it's, it's, uh, you, you feel sorry for those retailers and especially local retailers that, um, you know, suddenly, you know, with things like that changing on a dime, I mean, it's been really, really hard for them. Oh, definitely. Um, do you have a bucket list item? A bucket list item? Well, uh, not a specific. I, I've got about 100 small ones. And so okay. uh, I've got um, a project I'm working on. We have a small uh, acreage behind our cottage that we're going to do a forest inventory plan on and put some trails in and maybe some selective harvesting. So that's sort of interesting. You use GIS to do all of that. Um, just, uh, my, my wife wants to go to, a, uh, some country, certain countries. So we're anxious to do that sort of, uh, uh, post COVID. Uh, and then my son's an architect and we're working on, uh, kind of redoing a cabin. And so that's kind of a, a neat thing. So I've got a lot of short-term bucket lists per se, but, uh, not sort of one big kind of project that stands out. Uh, I just think, um, I guess my big sort of bucket list is to get up every day and really have purpose in whatever <laughs> stage of life you're in, you know, that you, you get up and, and you have purpose. And I think if that's the case, then you're going to have a, a fun filled full bucket list every day. Uh, that is a great, uh, a great philosophy, John, and a great way of looking at things as well. So we appreciate that. Um, we'll end it there. At the, we're just coming to the hour. We want to thank you for all the things that you've done for TechNX, being on the board with Esri Canada, and uh, wish you well in your your new role as well. Great, so super. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, and and I see we've lost uh, Ryan once again. So uh, yeah, <laughs> again, thanks thanks for what what uh, all of you do from from John Cameron to to Ryan to yourself, Kelly of of the great work you've done for Tech Connect and, and uh, how you've, you've really done great work throughout the uh, pandemic and uh, the, the number of people coming out to events, as you well know, has been going up. And I know you handle uh, that part of uh, your portfolio at uh, Tech Connect. So thank you for, for all you've done and, and uh, the great work and how you're, you're really pulling this community together, the tech community. And we continue to grow. It's really becoming diverse, which is really, I think, pretty exciting. Um, so very inclusive as well, which is which I think is really important. Also, I think we're really welcoming too. I think um, certainly new members always say, "Wow, it's not like a clique kind of thing that I kind of have to break into." It's it's. I think we're a very open and and welcoming community. I know you and Ryan and John Cameron do a lot to to make that a a culture of Tech Connects. Yeah, I would definitely say that everybody goes out of their way to welcome everybody and, and make sure they feel part of the community. And we actually are starting our peer groups next Wednesday after the uh, Labor Day weekend. So right. we, looking we have, forward uh, to them. Yeah, yeah. Be with marketing, women in tech, and then the CEO peer group. So thank you. We look forward to seeing you, you then, John. And thank you. Have a, a great day. I will. Great. Well, thanks, Kelly. You take care. Bye now. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.